Hi, this is Netta Laurene from SmackDown, and you're listening to Freeform Rock Podcast. are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor. Welcome to another edition of the Freeform Rock Podcast. With me, as always, is your ever-lovable scamp, Eww. <laughs> Eww. It's Eww. <laughs> Eww. 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 Is that what women tell you when you tell them to tuck in their shirt? Ew. No. <laughs> they, they, they tell me that when I start coming close to them with my hand. Oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know pr- women are pretty freaky about that these days, man. You just well, well, I always thought they were going, ooh. <laughs> but, but it's just the tone. They I think go- they're going, ooh, and they're going, Ew. And you're saying, call the cops, this freak is touching me. <laughs> um, uh, I, 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 usually, I, I usually ask them not to do that ahead of time. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're going to uh, do the Smiths, The Queen is Dead, which uh, my partner from my other show, uh, the U2 cast, Mr. Robert Bob Hay, is on this episode with us. Hi, Bob. Hey, Mark. Hey, hey. Hi, hi, Bob. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good, good morning. Yeah, um, we were supposed to record the YouTube cast yesterday, but Mark had to watch the basketball game, which was good. <laughs> mm. I was yelling at the TV the whole time because the Nuggets kept coming back. I was like, go Lakers, go Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> I was yelling at them, why are you making that shot, LeBron? That's a fucking stupid shot, LeBron. Stop! Put it to the hole. High percentage shots. High percentage shots. I always say that after I watch a pudding commercial. Um, <laughs> and then someone says, what are you doing? And I say, I'm sorry. But something about watching pudding commercials makes me shout to sports people who aren't in the room. And they go, okay, have another shot of medicine. Hey, Bob, I think you're happy because I made a new video for YouTube and I put our podcast in there at the end. <laughs> oh nice yeah, I, put up, I put up the artwork and everything <laughs> cool new vinyl and new CDs because I got the new Ace Fraley covers album it's freaking good but I think Robin Zander is kind of over singing on 30 Days in a Hole uh, oh I, I totally agree with you Um, you're, you're one of the first people who said that I want to hear what you have to say about it and you know I love Robin Zander right Lee you know I love him yeah and I'm going, why I, is he over singing? He could sing better than that. <laughs> I mean, to me, well, well, go on, and then I'll, I'll tell you I, what. I, I think he's overdoing it. He's like, he, he doesn't need to sing that hard, you know? He's trying to sing like, 30 days in a hole, when he should be singing. I mean, 30 days in a hole. We should sing it with yeah. more flow, man. He's not flowing. He's, like he's sa- to me, it sounded like like someone's grandma got hurt. 30 days in the hole! I know, Robin 30 doesn't... 30 days in the hole! And I'm like, Grandma, come on! I get d- off of the stage! I do like the song, but I was disappointed in Robin's vocals. I'll just put it yeah. that way. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm... Now, some people are getting critical over Lola, thinking that Ace didn't do a great job of it, but I like... I mean... 
I like his version more than the Kinks. Yeah. And that's just me. Wow, that's, but, that's but, pretty hard. You don't like Van Halen's versions over the Kinks, so damn. <laughs> well, well, well. Oh, wait, you did like about... Where Have All the Good Times Gone better by Van Halen. Yeah, but but what I mean is, um, but but throughout the Kinks' career, they keep changing their stuff, but this, this song, some people didn't like how Ace was singing it. I think it was great. I like I, I actually like it. I was just, I was like, I go, oh, Robin Zander's on here, one of my, my all-time favorite singers, and I go, what the fuck is he singing growling for? Why is he growling in his voice? Why is he going, dirty days in a hole? It's like, it should, it should, be, it should be 30 it. days in a hole. It should be like... Yeah, I, I think that he could have done it. I just think that, you know, I think that some people are going to give him over credit because he's Robin Zander. But, I mean, I'm not the greatest singer, but if I were to go, I left my heart in San Francisco, that's going to sound better than, I left my heart in San Francisco. No, but you know? Robin Zander so, could so sing with grit. He, you know? he was just over-gritting it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah. You know, I'm so what I'm saying is, a lot of people are going to overlook that because they want to give enough respect to him and and I think that he's a good singer but I have to say I was disappointed in his vocals but you know I'm a freaking Robin Zander nut swinger he's like my top freaking five singer and I was well, like disappointed in it I go man his shit stinks on this one <laughs> I, 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 I was hoping he would be great too I was hoping I mean I, I wasn't expecting it to be like that I, I actually thought that he sounded like he was, um, like hurt, and he was crying or something. He he didn't sound, he didn't sound like, like, like the Robin Zander that I used to hear on on practically anything else. I know. I was I was just a little disappointed in him. It, it's a good album. I like it a lot. It's yeah. really good. I love Ace. Ace is the best member of Kiss, down hands down. <laughs> I said nobody, nobody uh, without Ace, Kiss sucks, and that's <laughs> just my opinion. Uh, Tommy Thayer or Tommy whatever, yeah. go back to Vixen guy that Bill Wang used to tell him to go back to Vixen. <laughs> oh my god! Again, <laughs> dude, I'm like, I, I got the album, I got the CD, and I haven't heard the whole thing. I've just heard Thirty Days in a Hole, and they put up a thing on For the Love of Music, and they asked which version is better, Mr. Big. Or uh, Ace Fraley, I said, Mr. Big, hands down, better musicians. I'm going to have to hear Mr. Big's again because I forget what I might have thought of it, but I'm I'm pretty sure Eric Martin's singing on that, right? Yeah, Eric Martin's singing on that one. Right? I'm I'm pretty damn sure that that's better, even for that. He sounds more bluesy and more smoothy. It's more smooth. I mean, not smoothy. <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's a he's a good singer, he's a and great and I singer. and I like and I like his songs. Well, Bob doesn't know what we're talking about because he hates Kiss. He thinks they're overrated, which I agree with uh, Bob on that one. But uh, well, it's not, it's not like I've never heard Kiss. Yeah, they're, the '70s shit is awesome, like Alive One and Two, and it and until you get into like freaking The Elder, <laughs> it's like what the fuck. <laughs> but then you get right after that album, and Creatures of the Night was a great album, but that. 
didn't have Ace on it, even though his picture was on it. It's freaking some other. It was a guitar player from uh, Mr. Mister, wasn't it? Something. Um, on on at least one song. And, uh, Vin, Vinnie it Vincent. was on that song, yeah. And Vinnie Vincent. Yeah, and was Vinnie on Vincent. Yeah, yeah. I love Mr. Mister, man. That's a great band. Vinnie Vincent. Vinnie Vincent. Vinnie Corsano. <laughs> I don't know if he's a he or she these days. Well, nobody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing like a Hillary Clinton uh, pantsuit. <laughs> That's how I saw it. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say earlier, um, David Lee Roth also oversings stuff too these days. Oh, yeah, he does. But his voice yeah. is trash. It's Great. like, I have a thing with uh, with uh, Allison on here. Uh, she was on the Nirvana episode, Allison Noto. Did I say her last name right? She'll, she'll correct me. I... I, I think so. She, she was putting up stuff against Sammy Hagar, right? Because... She has her uh, person she loves so much who hates Sammy. I don't know if she really hates Sammy or she's just trying. I'm just joking with you, Allison. I know you hate Sammy. But uh, she put up a thing with the I Can't Drive 55 video with the, with the grandma hitting Sammy Hagar in the video. And she goes, I like this lady, you know? And um, I put <laughs> I put up a meme, Blink-182 sucks. <laughs> she loves Blink-182. She laughed at the, the meme. And then I put up, yeah. I put up one on my page with a card from Star Trek: Next Generation. I go, who the fuck listens to the Blink One Eighty Two? They sucked. <laughs> I love Blink, dude. What the only time that I ever like... listen to Blink One Eighty Two is if I'm in the mood to hurt myself, and I can't find a hammer to smash the hell out of my hand. I instead put on Blink One Eighty Two. I like, I like the other singer. I don't like the guy. All the small things. I like the other guy. I think it's Tom. Is it Tom? I just don't like the songs. I don't. They're, the they're, they're, they're fast and too. Who's the guy who likes? Happy, peppy. Like. Romper room. Here we go. Loopy Lou again. That's to me. Well, I like songs like that. Uh, but I don't yeah, like but, them. but but you shouldn't you shouldn't like those songs. I like your songs, Lee. Well, okay. Well, actually, yeah. So, <laughs> damn. I guess I'm happy, peppy too sometimes. So, but happy uh, puppy. So, who is the guy who left the band, uh, Bob? Tom. Tom. Tom so, who, Mark is the one I like. Mark Hoppus, right? Yeah. He's I, the only well, guy I like. The song "Let's Stay Together" for the kids. That's a great fucking song, man. And Tom's the one that started the band, too. So, in my opinion, it's not the same since he left. I don't care, uh, because I, I hated I will, his voice. <laughs> I, 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 will never I will never give his replacement a chance. Yeah. I don't care if he's an outlying trio or not. Well, it's like, uh, uh, what's that band? Freaking, um... Oh, fuck, what's their band? They have, uh... And Sammy Hagar's a stand-up dude. No, I know Sammy Hagar rules. But what's the guy's name? Freaking uh, what's that band? Uh, Sublime with Rome. I don't know. I can't get into Rome, but it's not their fault the guy died. <laughs> but <laughs> so I give them a pass. But um, I love Sublime, man. Smoke two joints in the morning. Smoke two joints at night. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great song, man. I remember when I used to smoke two joints and then smoke two joints again. <laughs> that was a great song to smoke to. So was Pink Floyd. I love Pink Floyd. You know, before I even got stoned, I love Pink Floyd, so I knew I, they're good music. But if you listen to the Grateful Dead, even stoned, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> I um, funky, Mark. <laughs> well, I, I, I would say that um, 
Um, Mark, you were born... Well, I, I won't say you were born too late, but you weren't exposed to music soon enough. You You started listening to music when you were seven years old. I was listening to music pretty much when I was about a half year old. I was listening to music since I was a kid. My mom always played music. I just didn't remember. You have that memory. Jerry Valley and, and, and John Gary. Volari or... Oh, no. I, I forget who did that. That that might have been some else. But John Gary. It's a little bit of heaven fell out from the sky one day. And they covered it with sugar. Oh, so far away. Well... I, I would continue, but I don't want to. Well, the for music. The, my mom the was. My time. mom wasn't listening to the good '70s music, man. She did listen to the Eagles, which she hated. Um, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, but she, not really. She like wasn't that. listening to Led Zeppelin or Kiss and shit like that. So I was. That was your. That was the problem. Yeah. You you, you should have had someone else to give you the good music. Damn. Yeah, I didn't have the. I didn't have the. I didn't get the good music until I've. Freaking was like seven. So I you only it. didn't have the good music until I started to be in your life. <laughs> then you had the good music. I still gotta watch my heavy metal Blu-ray. <laughs> it's uh, a one way ticket to midnight. Call it heavy metal. I love Sammy. Uh, freaking well, Robin Zander is a great singer. Back to this Ace's thing, but I was disappointed in his vocals, and I think uh, Robin should have calmed it down. But did you ever hear uh, Red uh, Drakey Lee's band Red? Uh, Dragon Cartel. Um. No. Robin Zander sang lead on a song called Feeder. It's fucking amazing. That's what I want to okay. hear Robin Zander sound like. All right. All man. right. You 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 you've got it going on. In fact, I apologize for everything you said. You know a lot about music, and oh. we totally have the same opinions on a lot of stuff. So right on, bro. Jakey Lee is fucking awesome, and Ozzy and freaking Sharon owe him fucking writing credit for Bark at the Moon. That's all I gotta say, man. Fuck, he got screwed by that bitch. Yeah. Fuck Sharon. Yeah, fuck Sharon. Fucking fuck Ozzy uh, now. Fuck his music no. sucks. <laughs> no, Ozzy can, can do no wrong. Oh, yeah, have you heard his last album? It's horrible. No. Ordinary no. Man? Oh, my God, what well, the I'll, fuck? I'll Post, give him a pass. Doing songs with Post Malone? No way, dude. Come on. It was the Elton John song that, that really got me shuddering. The Post Malone stuff, even though I'm not going to say I'm going to run out and say thank you, I'm going to buy the Post Malone album. At, at least it didn't stink as bad as the Elton John song, which to me sounded like a bad Elton John song from the 80s. I think, you know, the award shows, they go for the popular songs. They go for what's yeah. popular in, the, in music today. Why don't they start listening to music and go deeper and, and say, man, that Night Ranger song is way better than that fucking Post Malone shit. You know? I have to give the people in the Grammys, if I find out the people who are a part of the Grammys and I give them links to our podcast, maybe they might listen more to good music. Well, if you give them links to our podcast, they might freaking put freaking copyright infringements on us. So fucking don't do oh, that. Oh, all right, right. No, no. <laughs> uh, you, you, you got a point there. Hey, but reckon if anybody's listening from fucking whatever... Uh, we promote music. We want people to go buy music. We don't want people to steal music. 
We don't play that many songs because we want people to buy the albums. All right, man. So let's get into this album by The Smiths. The Queen is Dead. But uh, I forgot to ask you how your week was, Lee, but we're cool. Uh, my week was good. I bought new records. Uh, I got The Queen is Dead is the third studio album by English rock band The Smiths, released on June 16, 1986 in the United, State, United Kingdom by Rough Tate Records. On June 23, 1986 in the U.S. by Sire Records. It spent 22 weeks on the UK albums chart peaking at number two. It also reached number 70 on the US top 200 with certified gold by the RIAA in late 1990. In 2009, Rolling Stone ranked The Queen is Dead 218th on the Rolling Stone's 500 greatest albums of all time. In 2013, British magazine NME labeled The Queen is Dead as the greatest album of all time. You're fucking crack British magazine. But fuck. That's not bad. That's not bad for an indie band. Yeah, it's number not, two. It's not bad, but it's not the greatest album of all time. Oh my god, I could think of a lot more. <laughs> Guitarist Johnny Moore wrote several songs that would later appear on The Queen Is Dead while the Smiths toured Britain in in early 1985, working out song arrangements with bassist Andrew Rourke and drummer Mike Joyce during sound checks. The title of the album is from Hubert Shelby Jr.'s 1964 novel. The Last Exit to Brooklyn. The album cover art features French actor Alien Dillon in the 1964 film La Malalias. I can't say it's French. The album was produced by Morrissey and Marr, working predominantly with engineer Stephen Sheet, who engineered the band's 1985 album, Meet Us Murder. Um, quick note on this album. I remember uh, me and my mom were coming home from a Pat Benatar concert and I was listening to K-Rock on the radio we were talking about Morrissey at the Irvine uh, Meadows Amphitheater which is no longer with us because they uh, tore it down for condominiums uh, and but they moved it to another place it's called uh, Five Something Amphitheater I've been there the sound is horrible sometimes unless the rock <laughs> they need to fix that shit uh, get permanent speakers there uh, the album I remember they were on tour and uh, my mom hated Morrissey. She said his voice was monotonous and why the fuck am I listening to this? She said the same thing about Robert Smith's The Cure. And I said, Mom, I like him. I think the lyrics are great and I love his voice. I don't know what he's problem with it, but I heard on K-Rock that at the Irvine Meadows Amphitheater, he said, you guys outnumber the security guards, so come on the stage! And it started a mini riot. <laughs> Morrissey did. <laughs> so I thought that was cool. I go, oh, Bob, that would have been a cool show to go to. She goes, Mark, come on. <laughs> we just saw Pat Benatar. I go, yeah, you're right. Pat Benatar does roll. <laughs> I love Pat Benatar. We need to do more. Al we only done one album by her so far. We need to do more by her. But um, So, Bob, how did you get into this band? Um, I first heard of them in, during high school, um, in the 90s. Um, I had a classmate who was like a year older than me, and she was into all this gosh shit stuff like The Cure and Morrissey and Bauhaus and countless other bands, so, um... I don't think the I, Smiths is goth. Susie and the Banshees, The Cure, yeah, Bauhaus, um, that's goth. Smiths is more indie... Uh, alternative. Yeah, but his lyrics are depressing sometimes. Not all of them, though. Yeah, but I, I do kind of agree with Bob that some of the lyrics do put them in kind of a goth category. True. So, um, yeah, that's how I first heard of the Smiths through her. 
And just by listening to the radio, we had an alternative music station at the time, um, 94.7 KNRK, and this was in Portland, Oregon. And they used to, and they would play the Smiths on that one. And that's how I kind of got into the Smiths through them. Cool. And, uh, I don't think you got into, you were into Morrissey, right, uh, Lee? I um, finally, after a long time, I mean, I had heard of the Smiths, but I had never really heard their stuff. But then later on, I found a couple of stuff by Morrissey. So I was into, I, I was kind of into him, but I hadn't really heard heard the group. Albums from two iconic musicians mm. proudly claimed by until Minnesota. Until I heard this album. So now I can say that I've heard the Smiths. Thanks to you. Cool. So um, I just want to say something about Rolling Stone. They fucking suck. They put. <laughs> did you see their top ten albums of all time? Freaking Lauren Hill, number ten. Fuck that bitch. I'm <laughs> just sorry, man. She yeah. sucks. Is this supposed to be a rock albums list? No, it's just albums of all time. And I was like, what the fuck is that shit? Okay, so they're more inclusive. Yeah, uh, uh, they, yeah. I hate this inclusive shit. Where uh, you, should, like you should always, you should always, you should always freaking uh be inclusive i don't care black it's white. like including um strawberry ice cream on a turkey sandwich no thank you here's what here's their top 10 of all time before we get in this album number one marvin gay what's going on good i mm. love marvin gay number two the beach boys pet sounds which i think is kind of overrated yeah um, it is uh number three Joni mitchell blue i hate her uh, I actually like that one. I agree with that. Number four, Stevie Wonder songs in the key in life, which is a great album. Uh, kind of. The Beatles, Abbey Road, great album, but great album. yeah, yeah, I, 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 I sort of agree with that. Nirvana, Nevermind. I don't think that should be in the. No, top no, 10. no, no, no. That no, should no, not no, be no. in the top ten. That should be in the top twenty. Uh, Fleetwood Mac, Rumors. Yeah, I, I like the first. No, I like, I like the first one better. Um, Prince and the Revolution, Purple Rain, yeah, Ew. but I think 1999 is better. Um, Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks, that, that's... Uh, uh, I, I respect it, but no. But look, they put Lauryn Hill at number 10, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. And then the Beatles are number 11 with Revolver? What the fuck? All the so Beatles albums the whole be... list? Uh, so well, was that the whole it's, list? It's a 500 list. I, I'm not going to get into No, no, no. I'm talking about the first 10. Yeah, the first 10. And I went into a okay. to show you the Beatles revolver was Lauren Hill was above them on that album. Oh, that's 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 bullshit. Even Michael Jackson Thriller is number 12. Well, thank God that the Beatles were above him. Freaking the Clash should not even be in the top 20. They're London calling at 16. Uh, Kendrick Lamar should not even be in the top 20. He's at number 19. Radiohead Kid A. No, no. That actually, I, I, I would consider that to be number 6. Dude, the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is number 24. That should be number 1. The White Album It is should number be number um, um, 240. Jimi Hendrix, Are You Experienced is number 30. It should be number um, close to 10. Amy Winehouse is, is number 33 with Back to black that's I, 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 I agree Stevie Wonder interventions that should be higher yeah, yeah, rubber that, that, soul that 35? 35 yeah I, I agree with that I agree 
Talking Heads Remain in the Light should be higher. Thirty, It's 39. It, it should be 12. The Chronic, Dr. Dre, is above it. 37. Oh, that should be 500. The Rolling Stones, uh, freaking, they're low on, they're not even in the top 10, dude. Bruce Springsteen's not even in the top 10. Born to Run is number 21. And freaking Radiohead's above I agree above with them. that. Dude. Rolling Stones Let It Bleed at 41. That no no I was saying I agree with the Bruce Springsteen I I think that the Rolling Stones should be maybe number fifteen David Bowie the Rise and Fall, fall Ricky Stardust and the Spiders of Mars he finally hits the he's in the forty what the fuck that should be number thirteen Nas is this, a, is this a new list yes it's a brand new list Rolling Stones just came up Prince Sign of the Times forty five fuck that shit I agree with that oh fuck you. And then oh, okay, Paul whatever. Simon Graceland should be in the top 20. That's a great album. No, it should be number 21. It's 46. The Ramones, the Ramones, 47? I agree with that. Oh, god damn, no. I don't, I, I don't really love the Ramones at all. Okay, that was their top 50, and Jay-Z, the br blueprint is number 50. But then they it go It should to, be a thousand. Okay, this is their, uh, what is their list right here? Let me see. The top... 50 albums in 2020. Okay. And uh, then they go down to the top 50 albums in 2003. The Beatles, number one, Sgt. Pepper's. Pet Stones, number two. The Beatles ew. Revolver, number three. All Bob right. Dylan, number four, Highway 61 Revisited. The Beatles, All number right. Soul. No, what's ew. going on? Marvin Gaye, number six. The Rolling Stone, Exile, ew. Main Street. The Clash, Lone Nicole, and Bob Dylan, Blood on Blood. The Beatles, The White Album. Ew. In the top ten. That is a yeah. way much better list than they have now. What happened for Only a little bit. Elvis Presley, The Sun Sessions, number 11. Miles that Davis. That should be number one. The Velvet Underground Nico, number 13. Shouldn't even be on the list. <laughs> uh, now it should be um, number 11. Abbey Road, number 14, <clears throat> The Beatles. In 2003, they had their shit together, it be man. number five. Chuck Berry wasn't even in the top 40. He's 21 with 20... Great 28. Robert Johnson 22. The Complete Recordings 22. Fucking, uh, I don't know. John Lennon and Plastic Ono Band number 23. As long that as. That should be about number 8. Fleetwood Mac Rumors 26. U2 yeah. The Joshua Tree is 27, Bob. In 2003. Uh, it should be It's 72. not even on the list of 2020. It should be 72. Uh, it seems like they just put out these half ass lists just to put out a list. Who's next? I know that I'm being opinionated, but I'm sorry. I, I, I feel like speaking up because I usually don't do that. But Carol Keane was 36 that, in 2003. Which, um, Tapestry? Yes. All right, she should be bumped up to 35. The Doors, The Doors is 42. Pink Floyd was Dark Side of the Moon, 43. Patti Smith, Horses, 44. The Band, The Band, 45. Horses by Patti Smith should be number seven. Almond Brothers, live at Fillmore East. Little Richard, Little Richard. You know, 2003 was Almond much Brothers list. should be number four. Dude, I was listening to a Greg Almond album yesterday. That was fucking awesome. I don't like yeah. the Sex Pistols, but fuck, Never Bound the Bullocks was 41. This is a much better list than 2003. Okay. So do we get a bunch of millennials in 2020? We got people who are younger being born. Younger than millennials. Yeah, but what's going on is number one when it used to be Sgt. Pepper's and Beach Boys Pet Sounds went up. 
I, I think Lil Deuce Coop by Beach Boys is a better album. I'm, I'm just so tired that everyone talks about Pet Sounds when she when they should talk about Lil Deuce Coop. Fuck, I love the Beach Boys, man. They rule. Um, yeah. yeah. All right, man. I, let's get out of my rant. Let's get back to the album. Uh, sorry, guys. We went off talking, but we had to fucking talk shit about Rolling Stone because they're idiots. I'm happy about it. Okay, now we get into the album The Queen is Dead by The Smiths. Let me get out of this list and back to where I was. Uh, I got into this group by listening to a lot of K-Rock and watching the videos on MTV. They played a lot of Smiths at this time. And and I got into this album because my friends lived two houses down the street and they were listening to a lot of K-Rock. They got me into this. I was listening to KLOS and uh, I was listening to some K-Rock here and there, but I got into more K-Rock at this time. I was listening to them, The Cure, Duran Duran. I've always been in Duran Duran. Uh, that's like one of my all-time favorite bands, my top five. Um, this is a great album. I love Morrissey. My mom hated him, like I said. Well, let's get into this record. Let's get into the first track on this album, which isn't one of the songs you guys picked. Let's see. I got your two songs there. Making sure I know who's who picked what. The Queen is Dead uh, includes... Take Me Back to Old Blightly Medley, written by A.J. Mills and Fred Goffrey and Bennett Scott. I guess that's the beginning where they go, blah, 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 whatever. So what did you think of this song, uh, Bob? It's an energetic album opener. Um, <clears throat> um, Mike Joyce goes on the attack with his drumming, especially on the snare. And then there's brilliant use of the wah-wah pedal from Johnny Marr. I particularly like Morrissey's line. She said, I know you and you cannot sing. That's nothing. You should hear me play piano. <laughs> what did you think about it, uh, Lee? Here's the sort of really cool tune the women from high school would listen to and wear shirts of this group. The shirts would be tucked in and I would understand there must be something cool about this band if women tucked in shirts with the band shown on them. And I really like this song. I think it's interesting and it's eerie and rad. Yeah, um, starts off with some killer drums and bass with some atmospheric guitaring by Johnny Marr. Love this song, and yes, I love Mo Morrissey's voice. Sorry, Mom. Voice is great. Song to open and the jam at the end rules when the band just goes off. Freaking love this song. And then we get into the next track, which I'm surprised none of you guys picked. Uh, frankly, Mr. Shankly, what'd you think about this song, uh, Bob? I can relate to this one because we all have had jobs where we were only there to get paid and really only, and we don't really care for the job or the boss. Um, I also like the beat on this one. It sounds like something you'd sing in a bar, like a, like a, whatchamacallit, um, what are those, what are bar songs, what are, what, what do they call bar songs? Like, 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 <laughs> Like like like, ra like rounds or or like shanties like yeah, in shanty. um, like Ireland shanty. and stuff. Yeah, it sounds like that. Uh, like a shanty. That's 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 what I get from it. Hey Bob, are you part Irish? Yes. I knew it because you have the freaking you have the angry attitude like I have. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm not me, even a drunk. Yeah, me and Bob don't agree on politics, uh, uh, Lee, but we get along. <laughs> we we rant to each other sometimes. Uh, yeah, I love this song. This is uh, what'd you think about it, uh, Lee? I was not into the song at first, 
but as it developed, it had a quirkiness that I was able to appreciate. It's a good song, but isn't the type of thing I usually listen to unless I'm dancing at a gay party, which I don't do. <laughs> well, because they think you're a bear. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if, 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 if enough of the men come up to me and say, want to dance, it, uh, if I agree, it's probably because I'm hypnotized by the song. But no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, then, and then you go, you can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. Only after the <laughs> only after the tenth butter party. You know that that band, freaking Men Without Hats. That was the only good song. <laughs> huh. I just saw something on YouTube about that song too from uh, Professor of Rock. Professor Rock. Oh. Hey, did you ever watch the show Scrubs? They did. They like doing that song. S S S. Yeah. yeah, I love that JD and freaking Turk. Those guys are awesome. <laughs> and then Frank, I love this song. People say Morrissey has a monotone, but it works. This song is amazing and not depressing. It's a fun song. And then we get to the next song. I know it's over. What do you think about this song, Bob? Um, it's one of their slower songs. Uh, Morrissey's vocals really shine on this one. Uh, he's putting soul into them. I don't really think that he's a really a monotone singer i think he's more like frank sinatra when he's crooning you know you know you know those crooners from the 20s and 30s yeah i, I think i think he's more like them he's he, i don't think he's monotone at all um my favorite lines are if you're so clever then why are you on your own tonight that that whole round of lyrics there and it's so easy to laugh it's so easy to hate it takes strength and guts to be gentle and kind yeah, it's, it's a something that they should put on a shirt. I don't know why nobody's done that yet. Well, there you go, Bob. There's your business right there. You can make <laughs> shirts and promote it and freaking get it on there. I want to make shirts of the Freeform Roth Podcast uh, logo and, and and sell them, but I don't know if anybody buy them. Uh, I don't want to. Yeah, you them. could put your um, picture and call yourself Mark Alden Taylor, and then put a picture of Buddy Epson. <laughs> from Beverly Hillbillies and say, lead the bitch half of the podcast. Uh, no, I'd, I'd just like you to send you a shirt and put it and have you walk through the colleges to promote it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, what did you think about this song, Lee? This is half an interesting song and halfway a filler song. I might want to listen to it now and again, but overall, some of the other songs are better. Yeah, um, before we get into this, I, I listened to uh, my buddy uh, Brian Davis, who's been on this podcast, and we're going to do uh, four episodes with him in December. He's already got all his notes for, like, Paul Butterfield Blues Band and stuff like that, stuff you'd like, Lee. And, uh, huh. so, um, uh, The Bad Beat, which is on every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Pacific time, so add three hours of that for Eastern. Really good show. He plays everything from blues to everything. Plug Brian, I love you, buddy. I know you're listening. And also, he calls me uh, Mike Tyler and Samuel Wentz, the bad something, the bad gangers. I forgot what he said. I'm a little drunk right now. Uh, he calls us that. And, uh, Mike Mike uh, Mike Tyler is uh, Frank Sinatra. I'm Dean Martin because I drink the whiskey. And uh, uh -huh. Samuel Wentz is uh, Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> so I, just, I would be the Piorina Cat Chow Cat. <laughs> meow, meow, meow. <laughs> I would be that. 
Oh, I was thinking Meow Mix. Meow Mix. Oh, oh, that's better. I, I should do my next album called Meow Mix. Meow Mix. All right. Um, this is a cool <laughs> song. I love Andy's bass. So high in the mix. And Morrissey's tone is so soothing. I love it. Johnny's acoustic is so good. Morrissey writes amazing lyrics. Great song. And then we get into the next song, Never Had No One Ever. What do you think about this song, Bob? It's another slower song, but it's a bit faster than the previous track. Um, Morrissey employs the same vocal tricks on this one, but I cannot find any lyrics that I like here because there's not much to it. But since Mark is more of a lyrics person, maybe he'll find something out of it. <laughs> what do you think about it, Lee? It's somewhat of a strange tune, and I like it. It has sort of a mild, eerie, goth tinge to it, and it's cool. Yeah, like yeah, you said about the lyrics. Band-Aid's lyrics are so personal. I, I think Morrissey, well, never see, seen him have a relationship, so maybe this song is true for him. But I bet this song also hit with people personally because it took me a while to get someone in my life, and this song is how I felt then. Great lyrics, and this album does not sound dated at all. Great song. Yeah, because he said I've never had no one ever. You know, I've never seen more. Morrissey is like, I think, asexual. So he could be with a man or a woman or whatever he likes to say, but I've never seen him with anybody. That's so, bisexual. Uh, huh? That's bisexual. Asexual is when you don't have any sexual desire for anybody. Oh, then I'm wrong. I'm then you're right. <laughs> but, but, like, you don't really care for sex. Yeah, but he writes, like song, he, he writes songs like he wants somebody, though. He's yearning for a relationship, it sounds like, but he's never well, so had did, one. Well, so did George Michael. He wrote songs from the straight perspective, but, you know, everyone knows he's, he was a fag. <laughs> ah, dude, you had to say that. Come on. <laughs> I hey, I, no, I'm cool with that. Well, I have I have gay friends that might listen to this show, so oh, uh, oh I Bob's a, Bob's opinion too, guess, but... Bob's opinions do not go with the sorry sorry sorry. <laughs> I, He's a I'll never worry about what anyone thinks what I say. So well, Bob, I, I, um, my, I think I think you um um can say what you would like to say, and he to can me, say he can say what good. he want to say, but I'm going to disavow his opinion. <laughs> Well, you cool. can say what you have to say too. I know. So I, have, I have. I have say. a lot of. I have a lot of gay <laughs> friends, man. I love them. I don't agree with the yeah. lifestyle, but it's not my my thing to judge them. And I love George Michael, man. And George Michael did have a boyfriend when he died. So. Um, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and I love fucking uh, make it big. It's a great album. Um, it's okay, Bob. I just want to make sure in case my wife listens to this, I gotta cover my cover my ass all right uh and then we get to the uh the next song which is what you pick bob cemetery gates so here's cemetery gates on the freeform rock podcast i dread it's only day so i'll meet you at the cemetery gates Gates are on your side. I dread it's sunny days, so I meet you at the cemetery gates. Keats and Gates are on your side. Wild, wild is on mine. So we go inside and we gravely read the stones. All those people, all those lives, where are they now? Oh, with a love. 
And passions just like mine They were born and then they lived and then they died Seems so unfair, I want to cry You sir throws the sun down salutation to the dawn And you claim these words as your own But I've read well and I've heard them said A hundred times, maybe less, maybe more If you must write pros and points The words you should be around Don't plagiarize or take on loan But there's always someone somewhere With a big nose who knows And trips you up and laughs when you fall He'll trip you up and laugh when you fall You say London do dust Words which could only be your own And then produce the text from whence was ripped Some dizzy horror 1804 A dreaded sunny day, so let's go Where we're happy and then meet you at the cemetery gate So keeps and gates are on your I dread it's sunny day, so let's go where we're wanted And I meet you at the cemetery gates Keats and Yates are on your side But you lose, cause we're the love of wide is the Okay, that was Cemetery Gates on the Free Forum Rock Podcast. Why'd you pick that track, uh, Bob? Um, this is because it's one of my favorites. It's a song that's about plagiarism and poetry, and every member of the band is firing on all cylinders here. There's a very good live version of this track on their live album called Rank, although I'm not really sure if Johnny Marr is playing on that track or if it's his replacement, or maybe it could be both of them. Who knows? So what do you think about it, Lee? It isn't great, but it's not bad either. I can listen to it. It's fine, but it's far from being one of the best things on here. Yeah, I, this is what I think about it. One of the best songs by the Smiths. If you notice, Johnny didn't doesn't shred on guitar, but does not mean he's not good. He plays for the song, and it is perfect. His acoustic is amazing on this song. Uh, and he wrote all the music to this album. Uh, why Morrissey wrote all the lyrics, in case you guys don't know. Yeah. And it, Have you ever heard, um, just just really quickly, the group Electric? No. That's no. with Johnny Marr. If you can find oh, that, yes, 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 it's, yes, it's really it. good. I like it. He it's, also, uh, it's, uh, it's Johnny Marr and uh, Bernard Sumner from New Order. Oh, okay. He also yeah, played but I a, like it. He also played that band from Seattle somewhere for a while. I forgot the name of the band. I like it. Though. Modest Mouse. Yeah, Modest Mouse. And he also. Oh my God! I mean, I heard some of Modest Mouse, and and let's just say I I I wondered who spiked my tea, and 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 I wondered, am I listening to music or not? It's. Um, and I also saw Johnny Marr uh, play live with the Pretenders on the U2's Joshua Tree uh, concert. Hmm. 
it at the uh, LA Coliseum. They looked like ants because I was on the floor, but I was like in the back of the floor, so I had to stand on my chair to see the band. Because back then they didn't have video screens like they have now, um, so you had to stand up oh, and right. watch that shit. And then we turned this uh, over if you have the vinyl to side two, and uh, Lee picked Big Mouth Strikes again. So here's Big Mouth Strikes again on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Sweetness, I was only joking when I said I'd like to mash a tree tooth in your head. Oh, sweetness, sweetness, I was only joking when I said by rights you should be bludgeoned in your bed. And now I know my Joan of Arc again by the smiths why'd you pick that lee it's a really great tune i like the rhythm and the melody and guitar part it very well could be the best song on here what'd you think about it bob simply iconic 
Is that it? <laughs> well, what else can I say that hasn't been said? Well, I could say more. Uh, hey, I, I give thumbs up to that. Okay, this is uh, my favorite song on the album. Johnny is jamming on the acoustic on this song. And that weird voice that sings with Morrissey like an elf is cool. And man, this song swings. I love it. The bass and the drums rule. Johnny said about this song, it was their jumping jack flash. You know? Huh. And also, Morrissey, I would, do, that. Morrissey would do this song live. He would update Walkman to iPod. Kind of like oh. what, kind of like what U two does in uh, "Bullet the Blue Sky" and Queensrÿche does in uh, one of their songs that I can't think of right now. <laughs> they update the song for the huh. times. So when wow. he said her Walkman started to melt, Morrissey changed it when her iPod started to melt. So he updated That's it cool. for the times. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And then we get to the next song, "The Boy with the Thorn in His Side." What do you think about this song, Bob? Um. This is another amazing track. Uh, Johnny Mars' guitar work is, I think, in my opinion, it's the best thing about this track. Not to take away from the rest of the Smiths, but I, I just think it stands out here. What do you think about it, Lee? I do not totally dislike this song, but there is something about it that makes me feel as though it could have been better written. The band plays well. And I like their sound, but I am hoping to hear more memorable songs by them. Yeah, it's a little rockabilly here. With a, it's a cool track and a break from the way the album was going. Good song, a little filler, but to me, good filler. So I hmm. kind of more agree with Lee. <laughs> right on. And then we get to the next song, Vigor, Vicar in a Tutu. What do you think about this song, Bob? I can't really say anything about this track because it's the one on this album that I've always skipped over. Um, it doesn't really sound very Smiths-like to me. And going over uh, what Wikipedia said, um, Johnny Marr considered it a um, a, dis a throwaway track. What did you think about it, Lee? It is a strange tune that I cannot say I totally like, but I do respect it. It sounds like a deranged version of something by Johnny Cash he somehow decided to not release. Uh, this is my second favorite song on the album. Uh, huh? It's morbid. but it's, Yeah, I'm kind of wondering too. It's explaining to me that love is forever and keyboards gives an atmosphere. It's kind of like heavenly about death. Maybe it talks about violent ways to die. <coughs> but it, there's... Oh, wait. That's wrong. Really? I, I got my my notes fucked up. That's another song. <laughs> it's a good it's a good song. It's not my favorite off this song. How about that? Alright. And then we get to the next song. That sounds better. I, I, I should have known that you had your notes screwed up for a I moment. messed up. And then we get to the <laughs> next song, uh, There's a Light That Never Goes Out, which Bob picked. So here, There's a Light That Never Goes Out by The Smiths. Take me out Night. Where there's music and there's people in the young and the line Driving in your car I never, never want to go home Because I haven't got one anymore Take me out tonight 
people and I want to see light Driving in your car Oh, please don't drop me home Because it's not my home, it's their home And I'm welcome no more And if a double-decker boss crashes into A strange fear gripped me and I just couldn't ask Take me out tonight Oh, take me anywhere I'm cared, I'm cared, I'm cared Driving in your car I never, never want to go home Because I haven't got one There's a light that never goes out by the Smiths. Why did you pick that track, uh, Bob? <laughs> because it's such a beautiful song from a lyrical point of view, and we can all relate to the lyric. I thought, oh God, my chance has come at last, but then a strange fear grew to me, and I just couldn't ask. I love the string section all over this song, and the song plays even better when Morrissey performs it live. It what'd seems you, really poignant. What did you think about it, Lee? This song is something of interest. I won't say I'd love it, 
but I will say I don't totally dislike it. I think it is somewhat of a filler song. It is still good if the song were the only song that I could hear from the album. Still, I definitely prefer other songs by the group. Um, the song is my second favorite song off the album. The lyrics are so good, morbid, but is explaining to be that love is forever. Love the keyboards gives it atmosphere, like kind of heavenly about death. Maybe it talks about violent ways to die, but there's a light that never goes out to me. Is that the love he had in his life? You know, question mark. I don't know what he was going for here, but I like it. And I like it a lot. It kind of, it's really cool. It says like, love is forever. Even if we die violent deaths, you'll still be with me, you know, in my death, you know. So then that we, rules. And then we get to the last song, uh, Some Girls Are Bigger Than Others, which Lee, which Lee picked. So here's Some Girls Are Bigger Than Others on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
That was Some Girls Are Bigger Than Others. Why'd you pick that track, Lee? This song is great. I had not heard anything from this group before I was to do this review. I have to say I'm very glad I have finally heard this album. This song sounds like something I could have written, or something I would have wished I had written. What'd you think about it, Bob? Um, I think if this song were re written and recorded and came on the radio today, I don't think it would make very, people very happy. And I think it would offend people as if it's fat shaming. In fact, yeah. I'm not even sure why the song is an album closer. In my opinion, the previous song would work better as the album clever, uh, closer. Uh, my favorite thing about the song, however, is Johnny Marr's guitar work. Yeah, Johnny Marr is totally... He's, he's, he's rated well in the indie community, but he's not rated enough in the commercial community. You know? yeah. I personally don't have anything against him talking about some girls being bigger than others, but I do understand what you mean, Bob, because I do know people personally who have concerns about that. Yeah, you, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say <laughs> the reason why some be some girls are bigger than others is because some girls want to get married more than others. Sorry. <laughs> All Just right. Kidding. There's nothing wrong with a big girl. Sometimes they they. No, actually, control. I'm I'm attracted to some of them, so it's it's all good. Okay. I was just being funny, and but 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 no, I I I was just making a funny thing. All right, uh, this song like has a false start. It stops, comes back again. I think that was cool. I like this. It's a weird song. The lyrics. What does it mean? Some girls are bigger than others, uh, but it's a pretty cool song. It sh they should have ended it with There's a Light That Never Goes Out, so me and Bob agree on that. This song is a big-time filler, but to me, not bad musically. It rules, but the lyrics throw me off. So musically, it's a great song, but the lyrically, I don't really care for it. <laughs> and then, so that was our review of uh, The Queen is Dead by The Smiths. Kind of our uh, different... Well, we go different musically on this podcast, so it just it makes sense yeah. to do this album. So we try to throw curveballs once in a while, especially Lee. I think it's yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, um, I mean, I I don't like being the bitch, but gosh darn it, I am. You haven't done the spinach group yet. <laughs> um, I think you guys should. I think you guys should review uh -huh. more alternative albums. We do. More indie I, I pick a lot of uh -huh. indie Do you know the group Skateboard, uh, the, the group Gates, Skateboard Skinny, Bob? No. All right. Well, that that's very alternative. But um, um, they're, they're kind of interesting. You might like them. We did R.E.M., you know, before they became Warner Brothers darlings. <laughs> yeah. But their last three I, albums were totally alternative. They went back to their old shit when they went out. They went out on yeah, the I, bang. Yeah, I think the I'm last album sure. theirs I heard was um, New Adventures in Hi-Fi. Yeah, mm. you go take the last three after that, dude. It's fucking so good. They went back to the old sound. Loved it. Uh, I don't even know what I want to do next week. I'm like, oh, uh, is it going to be James Taylor or is it going to be um, um, Animal... Um, um, or like, no, I'm, I'm just being. Um, you, should do, you should do the animals. <laughs> no, I'm no animal capitation or whatever uh, it is. They have in that group called Animal Collective. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I, 
Jake, I'll, I'll pick something. James I might Taylor, do, I'll fall asleep. But go ahead. Mini, mini, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm. I mean, I, I would do that on my own. And then after about the first five minutes, if I fall asleep on my podcast, you can still listen. And after a half hour later, I, I continue. Oh, by the way, the third song is, this can. All right, so that was our, like I said, our review, and then we got our tracks of the week, which Bob picked, a band that I don't care for, but he picked it. Uh, type hmm. O negative, unsuccessfully coping with the natural beauty of infidelity. Um, huh. And then I picked, uh, I thought this would go with the the show, The Cure, Disintegration, the song, not the album. And then you picked hmm. Carol Ditcher, Follow that, The Love. Uh, I never yeah. heard of her. But uh, I didn't hear um, it. I'm sorry. You, you 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 ought to hear it because because um, if you're afraid it's a folk song, it isn't. It rocks. Okay, I'll listen to it later. And then you picked right. uh, uh, was one of your new songs, right? Um, not quite. Well, well no, no. Wait, it, I, um, which one was it again? Give me my treats, please. Yes, it was in fact my newest song. Yeah, and uh, I was getting mad at you for not debuting on ours and putting it on the freaking uh, group. <laughs> go, what the hell? Debut your new songs on our show first. <laughs> we need some debuts. You've been picking three-year-old songs lately. <laughs> Finally, pick a new one. Um, oh, well, I guess, I guess because I wanted to be on the podcast first. <laughs> and then after that, because why would... I know that some people only listen to this to finally get to my song... So why why not wait and and then after that put it on the podcast after the four people who listened to it already heard it. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, man. That's our show for today. And thank you, Bob, for uh, Robert, Bob, for being on the show. Uh, thank you, Bob. It was cool to have you. Check out our podcast, my other podcast with Bob called YouTube Cast. We're on bi-weekly or whenever uh, the Laker game's not on. Uh, or Dodger YouTube game? Cast. YouTube cast. Yeah, check us out. Uh, we got a new episode coming up. It'll probably be up before you hear this episode. Because this will be out next Friday, and this episode will be out today. So, I'm not going to say what it is, because it'll already be out. Uh, so thank you again, Bob, and uh, Lee, as always, say goodbye. Bye-bye.
You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artist by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.